Hello and welcome to the Reducated Podcast. This is our first episode of the 2023 year. Woo-hoo. I want to welcome my co-host Shada Kiss. And my co-host Petty Teddy. What's good? What's up, y'all? I am Donnie, and welcome again. You can find us on Spotify, most places where your podcasts are found. You can find us on YouTube. Please click like, subscribe, share us with your friends, share us with your mom. Who knows? She might like us too. Um, so this year, our I want to kick things off by asking my co-host. You know, we talked about our word of the year, what we're working on, our focus. But if we're trying to work on ourselves, what is your toxic trait? If you had to say what your toxic trait is, like what you know, like I need to work on this and I'm real funny about it. What would it be? Like, I can tell you personally, one of my toxic traits, I hold a grudge and I like to pull the crazy train out the station Petty Teddy can tell you every now and then I just have a moment where there's a voice in the back of my head that says, hey, we ain't done shit crazy in a minute. What are we going to do today? And who am I about to fuck with? And next thing I know, like, I've done something crazy. And because I hold a grudge and, like, it takes a lot to piss me off. Like, I don't go from zero to 60, like... You have to do a gradual build with me. So if you actually get me to 60, I can't promise you what's about to happen next. Like, I don't know. There was an ex that woke up. He told me he was an alcoholic and he was going to AA. I said, okay. Next thing I know, he pissed me off. And there was a bottle of vodka on his porch. And I I, I just, I have moments where the train just... And I'm ready to go. So, you know, everybody has their toxic trait. That's the one I'm trying to work on. Or maybe I'm not. So what's your toxic trait? Who wants to go first? Who wants to volunteer? Who has a toxic trait that they are willing to share? I see y'all deep in thought. I know I sprung this. We can have a couple. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I have a couple, and not everything is, you know, uh, the revolution won't be televised, so I won't share everything. But um, a toxic trait that's very, um, it, it's, it's very middle ground, so it's nothing too too salacious, but um, it's toxic enough because it brings me to a place where I'm not my best self. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have a t- <laughs> so I have a tendency because I'm such a care bear, but at the same time, I don't fuck around, so... <laughs> I'm kind of ext- I'm kind of extreme then it's sometimes difficult for me to find a middle middle ground because like you I give people a lot of chances I give you a lot of room for grace and so when I'm there I'm there and I feel like I give the people what they want like I didn't want to give you this this is what you asked for type of energy and that's not always me rising above so it's toxic because I try my best to give a lot of sugar to help the medicine go down. And what I've learned is that's so toxic because especially when you're dealing with grown people, um, because what it does is dilutes the medicine so much that they don't realize that they are taking medicine. And so 
they don't get healed or cured like they should. And it makes me frustrated when really it's my own doing. So I'm lashing out basically, which is toxic because if I had just gave them to it straight and trusted that they know that this is medicine and they needed it, then I would be good. But instead I'm giving all the sugar, sweetening them up and they don't even realize that it's not all sweet. I mean, there's some yeah. stuff, there's it's medicine. And so I'm learning to, instead of trying to soften the blow, if you in the ring, you know that there's blows coming, protect yourself, be prepared. And that's not my responsibility. So I'm going to quit being setting people up for the trap of me having to lash out at them because they just, is fucking up the church's money. Like it's really you, it's not me. But however, comma, as Petty says, I'm setting you up for failure because I'm making you think the things are sweet and it's not. So overall, that's where my toxic trait coming in. I'm going to do better. I feel that. All right, Teddy, tell us what's your toxic trait. Uh, I guess uh, the the main one that most people know was I'm zero to bitch fuck you. <laughs> that's definitely my toxic trait. Um, I've gotten better. Donnie, Donnie will tell you I've gotten a lot better because it was really zero to oh I'm about to flip over these tables and act the fool. <laughs> we don't want that. Uh, and then I guess my other one would be fuck around and find out. I ain't gonna tell you. Mm. Keep messing. You are gonna fuck around and find out. I <laughs> and I think you want to. And I can tell you because I'm gonna warn you. But if you keep fucking around, you will find out. Yeah, show you better than tell you. It's your yeah. fault. That's what you get. I think like even taking mine a step further, like for real, fuck around and find out. I think my find out is disproportionate to the fuck around. Like it is. You fucked around and now like not only do you need to find out, but your kids, your nephews, your nieces. It's generational curse. Not hide your kids, hide your wife. I'm screaming. You got a generational curse on you now. Okay. Oh my god! It that way. Your whole family know, like (laughs) it's drastic. Like I do go zero to sixty, but it's once I'm there, like you have to like have built up and actually put me there. And now that I'm there, it's all shits and giggles for me. Like this is a clown game, and I'm having fun. <laughs> and I'm anybody can get it. Equal opportunists is what I used to say growing Listen, up. I am an equal opportunity employer, baby. If you want to fuck around, yes. all that you can find out. How about that? Yes. <laughs> you know, and when, so. I, and when I get mad, I'm a if you're not with me, you against me. Like, don't be pulled, the, like, make it very clear where you are. When I'm in that space, make it clear where you stand because you could be become the option yourself. Like, it could very well turn on you. <laughs> There because is no anybody can get it. Only black and white, no gray. <laughs> when I'm there, once I'm there, it's like, uh, yeah, I did all the tolerance I was going to do. I feel that. The yeah. the boyfriend the other night starts telling me about how one of his exes has been coming around and sniffing around. Mm-hmm. And I just kept looking at him. Tell me not to talk to him. Tell me, I'm not going to tell you not to do nothing. Mm-hmm. But I am going to tell you, fuck around and find out. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> his face on that part please like and subscribe to the fucking <laughs> listen if you want to play that dangerous game if you want please. to <laughs> go ahead that goes back to old school I, I wish a motherfucker would like I, no I, I'm wishing 
Yes. I'm, gonna come I'm from that drive. Some shit you ain't even thought of. Some shit you didn't even consider could have been a way I was going to try and get back at. Go ahead. Yeah, please. <laughs> I'm probably I, a hybrid Hulk smash because I <laughs> cause physical damage. Uh, and then part uh, Scarlet Witch because it's like, you know, Wanda oh. had a day and that extended for a while. That's me. Okay. I'm feel, I think I'm half, half. <laughs> <laughs> Because Donnie will take, I'll, I'll plot on your ass in a heartbeat and be like, okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have those in my crew. We we live in the, all in the same neighborhood. Uh, uh, all of these locations are in the, probably the same zip code. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm, I'm yeah. feeling that way. So Houses right around the corner from each other. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I'll come pick you up on the way to, okay. Right. <laughs> On the way to you finding out, we we about to yeah. <laughs> Okay. So wow. as we look forward in 2023, what is your ratchet of 2023? Um, so oh, okay. I was say I can kick something off. I can find okay, out something. Okay. Okay. Mine's not as uh again, I, I'm I'm treading lightly. I'm I'm working up to <laughs> to the big um the big pile, but I did leave my job finally. Um, that I have been with forever, and when I tell you it's toxic, township it is just constantly it, everything about it. When I think about when I left was ratchet. I have tolerated. I tolerated a lot, y'all, uh, and you and you both understand. This is where we all time and ground that we all met and came came from when it came comes to employment and it was probably a very ratchet experience it's one of those things that is like you having bad parents and you have your siblings help you get through and only y'all understand because mm-hmm. to the world to the world it looks like it's a perfect dynamic y'all the cosby's but behind that it's a whole different ball game and that's what i have experienced for years it is an institution that many have a lot of respect for because of what it is but behind those doors, baby, the abuse <laughs> is on a <laughs> it's on a ratcheted high. Yeah, and um, and so I feel still PTSD traumatized, um, and shedding before I go into my next venture. But it, that was probably the most ratchet thing, and I just ended it January sixth. So it just it, that's why I'm talking about it in 2023. But I left the spirit of it in 2022. But mm-hmm. however. I just have to say that's probably the most ratchet thing because of how my my spirit is re- responding to cutting ties. Oh no! Did you freeze, my love? Yes. So, yes. Am I froze? Oh, my end it did for a second, maybe. Yeah, mine did. Mine did for a second too. It froze on my end too. It says my know, internet. Got the gist of it. Okay. Don't my sister look so much better, y'all? Look at it. Look beautiful and radiant. I mean, she's always been beautiful, but the sun's shining again. I can see it. that smile is just as big as it was when I first started working at the plantation. Uh, now it's back. You know, not saying that it left, but it was a, it was a little. It was no, a it was little, dim. It was, was a little. It was bro- <laughs> brothers. It was like other people. Even though I don't see it yet, other people have said, "Shalomar, I see the light that I love to see coming from your eyes again." I'm like. Are you serious? They're like, no, literally. I don't even realize, like I'm telling you, it's just, it's crazy on how much I actually was just absorbing 
and didn't even realize how much it was really impacting my soul, literally. Yeah. So, okay. um, but I but I feel like I have been vindicated, like just by, um, and it was definitely a ratcheted experience that I can talk about and have stories for, for time to tell. Um, yeah. But that's probably what 2023 is. This institution, I would hope that's my last ratcheted experience with them in the in the way that we worked before they can pay me to consult for them to help get them together but they will never give me full time no. unless god say so he, they will never get and i don't think he's trying to do that to none of us like that's no. punishment. i don't like i think i've already been through purgatory i've been released I don't have to do that no more. Like not at all. And I'm gonna be like, I need a burning bush. I need a fish to talk to me. Like I'm about <laughs> to put a bunch, I need all of these things so that I know it's you. <laughs> you gonna have to put me in the whole damn well first. You hear me? Because <laughs> I'm taking right out of rebellious, and I'm gonna just be like, hell no. <laughs> like, I need really? a lion. I need a dead. I need it to rain for like at least okay. twenty days. <laughs> All so that. that is my oh. ratchet moment. Do y'all have anything that I know you guys are a part of that too, but y'all definitely left it in 2022. So that's mine. Do you guys have any uh, ratchet moments that you're willing to share? So in 2023, I have been trying to still be ratchet and educated and my authentic self <laughs> as always. So, you know, I engage in the Lord's green herbal medicinal gifts you know and we believe that it is of the lord because it's from the ground so the lord chemical thing proceeded out of the mouth of god all right uh, thank you bishop thank you yes <laughs> boca burger so <laughs> i went ahead and i was you know having a a, a smoke and a an edible the other day while I was listening to documentaries on YouTube. Meanwhile, I'm also folding laundry, trying to be productive. I'm high as shit. I'm standing in front of the TV, hitting skip ad, and I'm not sure why it's not doing nothing. And then I realized my TV ain't touchscreen. So that's my ratcheted moment so far for 2023. That's what it means to be ratcheted in 2023 for me. Trying to learn something, educate myself through YouTube or whatever they may be discussing, staying up on current events and thought leadership, so to speak. And I'm thought I'm in the wrong place because I'm just trying to hit the damn thing. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. We're going to have to watch that. I'm going to have to talk to my plug. Like, I don't know what the hell that was. Like, but... <laughs> Was, it's called Jetson. You was on that <laughs> Jetson. Okay, listen. He already ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, beam me back, Scotty. I need to come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that's when you turn on the song. Earth is dead. Oh, be like shameless plug. Find that song on Spotify. Earth is dead. <laughs> Amen. Teddy, oh. have you encountered Ratchet in 2023 yet? Has Ratchet reared its ugly head in your vicinity? <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, no. I, I mean, I. hey, if you're not ready to talk about it, you need to sit with it in your soul for a little bit. It's fine. So is this, <laughs> is this 
the ratchet I've encountered or me being ratchet or does it that matter? It doesn't matter. Okay, it doesn't. so the, the ratchet story that I will share is someone texting you saying, I'll be at your house in 20 minutes, uh, which would have been 1 a.m. and then showing up at 3 a.m. Mm. And then walking in your apartment complex building, playing music like it ain't shit. Are they shaft? Hold on, hold on. It gets better. <laughs> theme music. Hold on, it gets better. And cross faded and can't handle your highs. Oh, I'm gonna need you to take your ass home. Yeah. <laughs> all the way home. All don't the way. I'm gonna say all the way. Matter of fact, don't go home. Sit in the parking lot in your car and go to sleep. And think about what you've done. <laughs> Do you hear me? Okay, sit sit with that. Because <laughs> now, I mean, that, to me, that is just so, like, just why? Just why would you do that? And then I'm like. Oh, you lack of home training. <laughs> nah, I think thirsty. Oh, uh, well. And it, thirsty and nothing. Thirsty okay. and do nothing. How you thirsty and don't do nothing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that don't make sense. But you know, That's like. Nice. Teddy Teddy and I were talking about this when we were talking about him. I I see a total lack of maturity and like unfortunately being out here in these streets trying to meet folks, trying to date you keep running into folks that are just so immature and you're like you have children yourself. How are you still a child? Like come on homie, what's up? That part. (laughs) That part. Oh, Shay, we can't hear you. Hold on. I'm going to pause this real quick. We'll be right back with you in two seconds while we check our All right. So welcome back. And as we continue our first episode of the 2023 year, we want to talk about all the folks we just touched on uh, leaving our jobs and the, the job search. But there was an article I shared with Shay and Patty earlier that was talking about all the folks leaving higher education and all the supervisors specifically, folks that are director level and above, which all of us were. We we fit the, the demographic they talked about in the article. So what did you guys think when you looked at that? What do you think is going on? What do you think is the cause? How do you think this is going to work out? Number one, pay. Education has been penny pension people for too long. And expecting them to pull miracles out of their ass on $34,000. But you also better have a master's and be working on a doctorate. Baby, listen, who can afford that? Who can live off of that? And number two, it's the work environment is terrible. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're in environments where we're giving of ourselves because we love what we do. We love what we serve. That's That's what we do. That's who we are. And we're extending ourselves so much because we have little to work with. And then when we ask for crumbs just to help us do a little better, it's like, well, we can't help you. You make $125,000 and all you do is send emails where you misspell every word. I be goddamn. You Not the misspelled words. Am I lying? No. Okay. <laughs> Or just stolen thoughts in general. Like, no, I told you that, but okay. Right. (laughs) You know, but you you hit so many things in both of those because the pay, you know, Shay and I have both been with the plantation we were at for 10 plus years. And both of us have at least a master's. Both of us, you know, have moved up, been there and hadn't broken 70, 80 
you know, like, <laughs> what? How does that, like, that don't make sense. And when I show people my resume and my CV, they assume I was making six figures based on the things that I've listed that I've done. And I'm like, no. Not at all. Not, not at all. <laughs> like, not even I was struggling to get to 60K. Not you know, I'm struggling to get to 60. Like, I, like, even with all of my degrees, all of my experience, and Shay and Donnie will tell you, we all have a crap ton of experience under our belt. And I was struggling to get to 60,000 a year as a salary. And it made it feel bad. Yep. Like yes. You were doing something wrong. It was like, I done took on extra things to show you that I'm committed and dedicated. I'm still here. And those I are the that. ones of us that they mistreated the worst, I believe. It was I very, very clickish. Toxic. So many things that I had done that were not in my job description. And I wasn't even one of those people. That's not in my job description. It was tell me where to stand. What mm -hmm. do you need done? And tell me where to stand. And every time it was, yeah, you stood there, but I didn't like the expression on your face. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> like I was focused on getting work done. What do you mean? Right. What, like, what? And, and you know, the whole thing just completely not feeling supported. I'm doing everything I can. I'm spinning my wheels, but I'm not getting any support. And I'm not saying that I needed you to come do my job for me. I'm not saying I needed anybody to come pat me on the back and say, good job, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm a latchkey kid. I grew up in the 80s. I don't need that. At the end of the day, I need you to say, I recognize what you're doing. How can I help you? What obstacles can I get out of your way? And since that's the kind of leader I am, and that's how I always told my staff, my job is not to be your boss. My job is to remove the obstacles in your way to keep you from getting your job done, whether that's you or somebody or something else. Mm -hmm. What can I do to help you? But that wasn't how I was being treated in leadership. Like, yes. so, you know, they're saying so many supervisors are leaving. Why do you think they're gone? Like, right. Yeah, they, they really um got... It, the whole game messed up thinking that people and that's and a lot had to do because the pandemic shifted the mindset and perspective of educated people like you work so hard for accomplishments that a, a blink of an eye a snap of a finger can be taken away from you can be put on pause it made you realize logistic you know logically like is this really worth what i am uh, sacrificing for this professional lifestyle and people started to shift. They started to realize if I'm going to work this hard, then I'm, I want this, um, you know, it started to be a barter and higher education is not willing to do that. There's, they're still like, no, this is how we have done things. No matter if the whole world got stopped, we're going to reset and go back to the way we did before. Cause now we're back to normal. And it's like, things will never be that normal again. And they, and higher education is not willing to, to move forward with that. However, the y'all came and get student loans together. And so how are you going to hold me in a position that anchors me, that keeps me in a impoverished state? Like I'm educated, so I know better. I need to do better. And that's what we, I feel like once you've led over people, I said so many times, and I mean this for my soul, I am not a leader of the oppressed. I will help people who have suppressed 
anxieties and things, transform them into something to their goals and things. But to lead people who are constantly, woe is me, who are sad, who are carrying change, that's not who I am. And I think a lot of people who are educated are like, I didn't sign up to do this. So that's why they're they're shifting in herds. Like, if I'm going to be treated this way, I'm going to be paid more. And they're like, see you later, bye. I mean, that's what I think, because that's what, what made me do it. Donnie, we can't hear you. So, yeah, Shelly, that's part of what I'm looking at, the, the corporatization of higher ed. Like, we saw folks get walked out. When I started working in higher ed, that was unheard of. And it wasn't like we knew their performance was in question or any of that it was straight up like all of a sudden out of nowhere boom you done we've decided we don't want you here no more and it was like wait what it, you know it's a whole different culture that's coming into higher ed and if you went into higher ed because you truly care about students or making a difference and you're dealing with this culture that's corporate and you're getting paid pennies I might as well go make the money if I'm gonna deal with this like Right. I'm out of here. Yeah, I, my values are still there, but there's other organizations out there that are nonprofit that'll pay me double, you know, to do this third party. Like, so it's just crazy. It, it's it's ridiculous. It is. The echo both Shade of Kiss and Donnie. I, I think people realize we we work to live. We don't live to work. And and I and I really do believe for me the pandemic definitely it's it stopped, slowed me down, and made me look at my life. And I realized, yeah, that's not what I want. Like what I, I thought I wanted, I really didn't. And mm -hmm. I was exhausted and I was tired and I was just giving from a place of almost an empty cup, but I didn't realize how empty my cup was because I right. giving. and I think people are starting to realize, especially and I don't even think it's just higher education, I think it's education in general. Because even teachers are leaving and they're like, yes, they are. students, but I can't do this anymore. And and education is, is just like what Shady Kiss said. Well, we've been doing it this way. And I'm like, but it's been broken for years. It's been broken for decades. Like we need to think of something else because our students are not getting any smarter. Like critical thinking skills are getting less. Yes. Just look at how people talk on social right. media. Or in real life, they can't even put thoughts together. I'm not even trying to be shady. They really can't put thoughts together. Critical thinking skills are lacking in our politicians. Because, listen, they be saying some stuff that I'd be like, baby, how did you get to be a politician? How did you graduate school in the first place? But that's another story. Uh, and, and I just feel like there are so many things that are fundamentally broken within education and not just money not just resources, but we need to really recognize what education is supposed to be. And if it's the great equalizer, right now it is not equitable and it's actually causing more disadvantages than it is being an equalizer. Yes. That snaps. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we also had discussed having another topic tonight, the re ever reoccurring tension between gay men and women. Why do women both love and hate gay men? What is that relationship? Specifically with black women, what is it with black women and gay men that there is a odd love, hate, give, take 
evil sister relationship that exists? What is that? Or am I wrong and it doesn't exist? Um, I think it's, I'm not an ever one size fits all person. So I definitely think it is an individual um, experience. And I think that it's just that way with how people love and how people treat each other overall. Um, because I, as a Black woman, I have had difficulties because of the type of person I show up as in different scenarios. Um, and so I just think it's the individual, like people's brokenness and not knowing how to perform or to just project past that brokenness. So I think that that stuff comes out very kaleidoscope, like people just be very, very pieces. And so, um, so I think that has a lot to do with it. Like people are just not emotionally intelligent back to kind of circling and tying to the critical thinking aspect. People are not raised on some of these home training tools from being a leader over a lot of people. I mean, grown people, different colors, different ages. It is literally how people raise you. Like you have to be given tools and exposed to things and someone guiding you on how to use those tools. Because if you gave me a uh, a wrench, I wouldn't know how to use it unless somebody told me. I wouldn't even go buy a wrench unless somebody gave it to me because that's just the truth of the matter. That's not my thing, but I know it's necessary to have for particular situations, but someone has to introduce that to me and then teach me on the purpose of it. And so I just think that when it comes to sexuality, it's something that we are just now becoming more comfortable to talk about um, publicly. Um, I think that- Are we? we? Well, I, I, it's, just, it's just the beginning. It's like a pre-college level. Like you're just getting introduced to it. You know, it's just like one, but it's the yeah. 100 level. <laughs> Your you summer know, you know, seminar. You're at the zero level. You haven't even got in yet. So you still <laughs> It's um, the so seminar I think on groups. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's just, it's, we're just not there yet. And then definitely in our community, you know, we have to, uh, we're about image and things very much because your wor- image is tied to your worth. So we still very much tied to that acceptance level. So in the black community is even worse. So going with that is when it comes to black women, I know that our community struggles with who's the Indian, who's the chief and when we should place those things. So in general, in the black community, we struggle with who is the head of household, who checks that box. And so that's the first thing. So we don't know if the egg or the chicken come first in our community when it comes to, is the man the leader or is the woman the leader? Is the woman at fault for not for being the leader? Or is it the man's fault for not being the leader? We go back and forth and then it trickles down to who's the leader of the kids. And so we have issues with structuring in our, so when it comes to that, so the sexuality being something we're just now becoming less taboo about trying to have break through the ice. And then we don't even have a structuring of foundation of who is the leader to know who to follow. And so we struggle. So when it comes to, because women have babies, they don't make the babies because men have sperm. So when women have the babies, then all of a sudden we become ownership of that child. So if that child happens, so that means that we feel like we're the leader. When we have those sons and we raise them however we raise them, through hurt, through strength, through brokenness, through you know a magic, that you raise these sons and then they come out to be gay 
they come out to be whatever you don't deem them, then you feel like you own them. You're the boss of them. And so that's where it first starts between the mother and the son, like depending on who your son shows up as. And so from there, it's already a level of disrespect because so many people think that black women are disrespectful in how they discuss and, and approach things. And that's because they have been running households. They're raising kids. So they treat everybody like their kids. And that's not, that's where we go wrong because everybody's not your kids. It's like me being the boss. I, even though I have learned a lot of my rearing from being a parent, I can't show up at work as people's parents because these are grown people. But sometimes as women, I won't say even because I there's a lot of white women who are teachers who do this too. So I won't say just black women, but I'm a black woman. So I'll speak from that space. For black women, we are always going into situations as people's parents. And you should not, and I do this sometimes even with my own man. So I'm speaking from a place of like, I can identify that I do this unconsciously is that I'm parenting somebody that is a grown man whether he likes to sleep with men, whether he likes to sleep with women, he may even like to sleep with animals or children. Whatever they like to choose to do. I hope not. You can't, I mean, but there's people, there's definitely, that's a community that does this, these things. Um, I don't have to sign up for it or subscribe, but it, it's, it's out there. And so, I will report you. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, not every ratchet, uh, we're not, not eradicated. We don't, we, we don't subscribe to those things. However, that is where it comes from to me. It's like it's a clash of the titans because of the the approach of communication with people, the lack of emotional intelligence. But for women and men, it is this clash of the titans of I raised y'all, I brought y'all into this world mentality that is like, but you can't parent everybody. You like, if only if it came out of you, mama, your belly, your TT, that's the only way you get to parent over that person. And, and that's only at a certain age. After a certain age, you need to transition your you know your engagement yeah, but i think it has a lot to do yeah so I, I think that it's like yeah and men at a certain age testosterone kicks in in general whether whatever and you are because naturally in you you're supposed to be the head you're supposed to be these things that we believe in god these things are innate in you so now you're going against a woman who's been placed in a position of leadership who thinks that she runs stuff against a man who innately feels like I'm supposed to be doing these things. I'm supposed to be taking charge. You can't talk to me this way. And so it starts from there. And so everything else becomes weaponized from, in my opinion, based off of experiences. So it's just, it's just gotten convoluted with people's own brokenness and always trying to put power in numbers. Like, well, this is what everybody thinks. That's, this is what, and that's not the truth. Every woman doesn't have a competition with gay men. And I don't think every gay man wants to be a black woman or wants to be you a woman. I, I'm good. You know? I like my parts. Like, I, know, I do know some men who do have that in them. But you two, other gay men that I'm actually close with, they don't want to be women. They actually have a problem with a man not stepping up still being a man in a certain way. You know what I'm saying? So One of the things that brought me to that question, one of the things that I'm experiencing is one of the things I hear from Black women more than once is we'll be discussing my career search or society and they'll say, well, you know, you should be able to do that. You know, gay is in now. And it's like, wait, what? How is gay in? Where do you see that at? Like, and that's not at my experience. So what are you talking about? Well, you know, everybody coming out gay. Okay, but what, like, but you're thinking that it's easy just because people are saying and opening up yes. and like, what is this assumption? And it's almost like this 
struggle Olympics between black men and gay, like black gay men and black women or gay men and black women in general. And it's like, I recognize your position and where you're coming from. And, you know, everybody compares horrible treatment to how black women are treated because they recognize that black women are almost at the bottom of the barrel most of the time, you know, in terms of how things are, how people are treated. But nobody's trying to have that struggle Olympics. Like, right? Coming to me with that, I didn't say that like my struggle was any harder than yours, or that I had it better. Or I'm just saying like we got a different struggle altogether. Yeah. But that's not how I'm approached, and it's always this or my black female friends. If it's not some a statement like that, it's usually some like flippant like. Almost like, well, you know, you're a sexual deviant, so whatever. <laughs> like, and it's like, w- wait, what? Like, I know you think you said something nice or cute because we friends, but you actually just really said something lowball and insulting. Like, what? Like, you think I'm a deviant just because? And what's deviant to you? Like, I know you and your husband got toys, so how am I a deviant? Like, what makes my toys different from yours? Like. <laughs> I think that it goes back to that sugar we have, especially if you're friends um, and taking stuff back to your tribe, we have to be corrected and willing to be corrected in private. I don't like public humiliation. And I think that's what happens a lot of times because when sometimes somebody says something ignorant out loud, they're just speaking from uh, an ignorant place, a lack of exposure or experience. And it's just like how we try to tell each other as black women, learn how to straighten another queen's crown without everybody knowing that it's crooked. And I think it's that type of situation that I have said ignorant things. I've had microaggressions and this is what kind of helped me get more in tune with my humility and emote and um cultural humility because I realize that although I'm a black woman and I and I definitely am a part of di- these different groups that I identify with, I still doesn't leave me unscathed from hurting or projecting something on someone else. And so I've had people who love me enough to say and pull me my coattails saying like like I was a leader over a person who was transgender. I said so much shit. And I still, That's even today, the, the, the new transgender um, advisor, non-binary advisor I had, like I've been corrected so many times, but they knew I wasn't coming from a place of malice. And I've opened up the space to say, please pull me to the side, correct me, let me know. And also make sure if this is a repeat offense that you hold me as strongly accountable and others in the office, because you don't know what you don't know. I can't expect, I didn't grow up with transgenders. I didn't, I didn't grow up with people who were able to identify non-binary. So I don't know that I put my foot in my mouth by saying certain things because society allows you to think that certain things are okay. And that people are so different that you wouldn't be able to understand them. And that's trickery at its finest. Like you take the time to open your mouth and listen and learn and you will learn to treat people better. But society makes you think that people are so far left and you're so far right that there's no middle ground. And that's just that's just a trick of, you know, the enemy to me that we can't understand. So I have said really ignorant things. And being gay has been popularized, no different than being black is. Like any type of minority group has been put on like the hot topic of the month, year or whatever. And people I think 
are so ignorant that they don't go past that surface. Like, so they think that everything is so popularized because I've literally said before, and I want to say this was in 20, I forgot when that, when I had a transgender employee, who's my friend now, and she really had to get me together on stuff. Like when I tell you, I was saying so many things that I did not realize. And it was coming nothing from a good place. Even after she had coached me, I was still saying stuff that very inappropriate for professional. And then even out in the world, like as her friend, and she had to compare it to things as a black woman that I did not like and that I would feel offended by. And just as a mother, like just certain things as like, well, damn, you're right. If the tables were turned, that would be out of line. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I had to kind of, um, regulate myself but i think a lot of people just don't have emotional intelligence they don't they don't they feel like oh well they'll be fine like people really are cold-blooded <laughs> when it comes to no certain things so and you need to bone yeah. up and yes like people feel like they can really say a lot and i feel like hurt people hurt people that's that is a saying that we just run around with but the truth of the light is once you get to a certain age you Hurt people should not be hurting people. Like, that's not okay. Like, that's just normalizing that it's okay for you to keep passing the baton of negativity to someone because you were hurt. Like, that's not okay. Mm. And in our community, we need to quit making it be okay. Like, we literally say that phrase to normalize you fucking somebody over. Like, hurt people hurt people. It's like, it sounds cute and cliche, but that gives people a pass to keep fucking doing something because they were hurt. Like, no. That's something mm -hmm. a child, you let a child get by with, but then you teach them. But the grown people, we need to quit saying that like it's cute. Well, hurt people, hurt people. Because I found myself saying it. It's like, but at what point do you say something like hurt people, heal people? Like, can you we can we change to repeating that toxic shit over and over again? You need to come up with a counter phrase to that when you hear it. Hurt people heal. <laughs> like Yeah, I'm like, that's what I'm like, hurt people, heal okay. people. All right. I'm definitely gonna hashtag it, please. Followers hashtag. Is there a tension between black gay men or gay men and black women? Have you observed that at all? Oh, I definitely have observed the tension and I've been on the receiving end of comments and even behavior. Um, I think number one, in our community, yes, we do not talk about sexual orientation. We don't even talk about people being themselves because as Shady Kiss mentioned, Parents control children even till they are 60 themselves. The children, not just the parents. The parents would be 80 still trying to parent their 60-year-old child. And it's mm -hmm. like at some point you have to let go because this person is their own person. And you have to give them room to step into who they who they are, into their own, their own personhood, their identity. And I feel like lots of times in our community, your identity is tied to the community. So you are never allowed to be who you are because you're always on as a member of the community. Yes. So I think that sometimes I think that's number one that gets in the way. Number two, I believe that media has had a lot to do with the tension um, solely for the fact that when you see things um, that highlight gay or whatever, it's usually very, it's very feminine. It's not like it's rare that I see someone like myself or Donnie on a, on a show or any, like, it's always somebody wearing makeup, some type of outfit that I would never put on, like, doing <laughs> I would never do using lingo that I, what, may use in group chat with my friends, but not out in public, because that's not, that's not who I am. But you know, when you be right. friends, you'll say whatever. And so it's like, that's normally what's highlighted. And, you know, I've been on the receiving end of people being like, girl, and I'm like, I'm not a girl, I have a penis. <laughs> like, I have flat out said that, like, I have a penis, and I actually like it. I like having one. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, or, or it, it, yeah, it's just, it's so feminized. And I, I believe that's why I think a lot of black women or feel the way they do because it's almost like competition. Like I'm a, I'm a yes. real woman and it's like, that's great, babe. You should be like, you know, even if you were trans, you're, just, you're a woman. Yeah. Okay. That's how you want to identify. Cool. I'm, I'm right. Saying, but baby, I'm not in competition with you because I don't want shit that you want. I don't want your man. I don't want your life. Okay. Pause. That's right there. Another thing. Let's keep all the way 100. That's the elephant in the room is that you are taking the dick that I might be able to get and so you got my dick. So literally, <laughs> like let's keep it real. We talking about black women. Black women are at the bottom of being desirable, supposedly. This is where where the competition comes in because that's constantly pushed and said and told and sold everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that is a trigger, first and foremost. What woman wants to be told they're undesirable? So it's a propaganda to push to keep in your back of your mind that quiet voice telling you you're not desirable so anything that poses itself as a threat is now competition and that's what they've done with pu pushing the agenda of gay it's like they taking your families they taking your man they take like they literally just like they do did with white women and black women like they're constantly telling black women that the reason why you don't have this the reason why you're on the next the lower peg is because this person they're always finding something and i do mean yeah. something to push in a black woman's face on why you are a peg down why you're not good enough and that constantly permeate permeates especially a woman who's laying in bed by herself then she is growing a vendetta against white women so anytime she see a white woman a black man with any other race is a problem and they use that person as a depiction for all black women when if I see a black man with another woman, then bitch, that was your man. Because if it's mine, he ain't going to be looking at you because we are not the same. I don't have it in my mind like you taking my man. No, bitch, you took something that was not mine. Because if it's mine, it will never be yours. That's how I feel. Like, that's how I was raised. So I don't walk around feeling that way, but that my bed's not empty either. So, but I don't think that way. But a woman who is and is constantly told to her that you're less desirable because of this reason... Those are the people that they'll attack. And I feel like right now, because they have popularized being in the community, the gay community, the LGBTQ plus community, they have made it be now that is the arch enemy for the reason why black women, you're not married. The reason why your communities broke down, the reason why your sons are not being raised. Like it is a Jedi mind trick. So some women are low frequency and they're buying into it because they're broken. They want a man and they feel like the man that they want is sitting on your dick. So it's a problem. And mm. that's just what competition does to you. It brings in jealousy. It makes you act your ugliest. And but it's society and the system has replicating part. itself. It's just constantly trying to keep us against each other and trying to put male against female in some way, shape or form or this group against that group so that we're too distracted to give a shit about all the crazy stuff that's going on or right you know the republicans want to cut now that they have control of the house they want to cut medicare medicaid all kinds of social programs and we're getting ready to hit another recession mm -hmm. like Don't this is not the time to cut that stuff for these people at all like, 
Because let's be quiet as cat. Majority of y'all voters is the ones that get the benefit. Okay. Will, will you tell about so, it? So, uh, yeah. We don't, don't be understanding that majority of this world is poor white people and they benefit from everything that's set up. It's not created for black people. It's created for poor white people. And so the poor white people are the ones that they keep getting riled up because they're like, all these minorities taking y'all stuff. It's just, again, like he just said, playing us against each other in any pot they can put us in to separate us. That's what they're going to do. So we can't see our Outside the pod that there is like a whole bunch of other stuff going on that we should be vested in but we not because we stuck in these little pods that they have placed us in to be divided i mean yeah. it's poor leadership obviously because that good leader doesn't have to do that they just people follow they choose to follow and they don't need to be divided but our leadership is not strong so they keep us in pods and like that like you're gay and you're black you're black and you're straight you're black and you're straight with kids you're black and you're gay with kids you black and you gay you like you like boys and girls like anything to say that you can't be in the same pod and play in the sandbox together is what they constantly keep doing to us so when it comes to black women and gay men i think there is a problem it's a greater problem like everything but I think individually, you need to check people. Like if they're your friends and they're saying disrespectful shit in order for them to stay your friend, uh, even if you send them on their way, send them on their way with a note, you know, stapled to them like, bitch, you can't say that to people because somebody's going to smack the shit out of you. Somebody's shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you was little, pin it to your shirt so you can look down and you don't lose that shit because somebody might beat your ass. Like we in our last days. Somebody might reach out and strangle your ass for you talking that gay rhetoric and it's not cute. Like, I'm your friend or supposed to be friend. I'm letting it slide. But in reality, that's hurtful. And somebody may be triggered and reach out and touch your ass. Like, I've had to be corrected by people that love me enough to know, like, I don't want somebody to end up beating your ass. Or I don't want you to end up having to get into a situation. Yeah. Where no you, yeah you know? Right. That makes What's sense. I, I think another thing that contributes to this issue, of course, when we talked about this before, is toxic masculinity, baby. Because at the at the heart of all of the arguments, that's what's sitting at the center of it all. It's this toxic idea of what masculinity is and is not. And because we have such a history of broken homes, broken families, men not being present, either caught in the criminal justice system, because, you know, you'll hear they either in jail or they're gay. That's what you'll hear about, you know, some black men when they're trying to find a good, good black man. Well, they all in jail or they're gay. And it's like, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, he just said, that's not true. And then the idea of what masculinity is, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I think a lot of times it's this hyper, it's the hyper masculine, like you have to be this man that controls yes. everything and tell them what to do. And you that nigga, you know what I'm saying? Yep. I said the N word. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? And you, you know what I'm saying? You got the swag, you run the home and she know her place. And that's my man. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Baby, that's not what make you a man because some of y'all are the worst men in the world that do that. Like, you are the weakest link. And I'm not even about to sugarcoat it because you're weak and you're a weak link. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I think of a masculine man, I think of a man that is secure in himself. He's taking care of his business. If he has a family, he's taking care of his family. He is a provider. He is a nurturer. He listens. He brings peace and sets peace in his home. Like, you slanging your dick around don't make you a real man and it don't make you masculine, baby. And so I think. A lot of times, you, a hoe. you know what I'm saying, and 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 even women internalize that they raise their sons that way. They expect the truth. men to be that way. And the truth of the matter is, no. Some black men are. I hate the word soft, but you know what I'm saying. They're they're not that. They will not ever be that. That is not who they are. They are comfortable in their identity, and they are a man's man. 
they always yes. in and it won't change. And I feel like we have to start to realize that we we are trying to perpetuate the very things that were damaging us. So hypersexual, hypermasculine, mm-hmm. to be animalistic. Like these, these are all the things that we were trying to combat that now we're like, well, that's who we are. And that's what makes us who we are. No, it's not. That it's is not. not what makes us who we are. We do not have to be hyper anything. We just have to be ourselves and show up authentically. And I think that that's another elephant in the room besides, you know what I'm saying, you trying to take my man, because truth of the matter is, you know, your man is trash. I don't want him either. Okay. <laughs> I don't give uh, a fuck. Like, I don't want none of it. Like, you good over there. You keep taking care of him, and I'm going to keep taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my home. And if a man is sinking behind you, running like, after me, that ain't my fault or my problem. I'm sorry. Okay. okay, shoe flashing. <laughs> that's a that's a literally again that's a him thing like right there's and nothing think, you'll be able to do ma'am until he until he is secure yes. like you were saying that security that he's okay with what he really loves and what he really likes there's right. nothing that the man or woman gonna be able to do to that person makes the decision within themselves and let's be honest it's a lot of these hyper hyper masculine men is real spicy so if you think mm-hmm. that, uh, if you think that's masculinity okay boo they real spicy. They more spicy than me. <laughs> and we no. I can be sassy when I want to. Wait, what kind of spice is it? Is it Old Bay? Is it... Uh, <laughs> Maybe we're talking about Tony's Cajun spicy. Like, that <laughs> hit you in that corner. You like, right, right there. You know, right there, right there. Yeah, we're talking about that kind of spicy. Some of these men that y'all claim is, is masculine is real spicy, baby. Because they'd be the first ones to downgrade women. To talk about all these things that women are not, all these things women should be, and this is what a man is, this is what a man isn't. And at the end of the day, they are they aren't even 40% of that themselves. They are right. only maybe 25 at the most. But you want to present to the world that you are hundred percent of this when really you're only 25. And so you degrade women and now and now as they're degraded, you know what I'm saying? Again, black women are always looked at as the bottom. So now you're continually um contributing to their degradation, and then now that's translating over to maybe men that are not heterosexual, excuse me, that may live, you know, bisexual or homosexual lifestyles or whatever, however you want to say Mm -hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? And then it translates because it's like, well, that's another black man and he ain't going to do nothing but put me down either. And it's competition because he trying to be a woman like me. No. No. There are lots of us that don't want anything to to do with any of that. Like, I'm right. I'm cool, baby. I like my penis a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get rid of it. I don't want to wear makeup. Because guess what? Did this shit for theater. It's hot. I don't know how women do that shit on the regular. I don't know how y'all wear pantyhose. Because, baby, listen, I'm trying to wear shorts and flip-flops as much as possible. I don't want nothing to come with being a woman because it's too much that y'all got to do. And I don't want it. No, I no, definitely no. don't want no period, baby. I don't want y'all that. Y'all as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I want none of the above. It's a lot to show up in this glam, y'all. So yeah, I, mean, do I love women and support women. Like, to each like his own. Women, you know what I'm saying? I love and support women, especially black women. Uh, Donnie and Shady Kiss will tell you I will support black women in a heartbeat. Like I love black women. They are important to me. I I listen, you drag a black woman and I'm there, baby. I'm gonna drag you because you're not gonna do that unless unless, right. she, unless she earned it, then that's a different story. <laughs> my tag team. <laughs> you know, so that's a different story. I'll probably just be like, hey, I'm gonna back up because girl, you that was all you. You deserve that one. <laughs> but for the most part, no, you're not gonna do it. And even when I see it on social media, if I know the person, I'm going to check you. I may not do it right there on the post, but I'm gonna text you and be like, Yeah, you know you was real wrong for that, right? Like yeah. we don't do that around here. And if that's the kind of person you are, then maybe we don't need to interact. Exactly. Disrespect 
black women like that in front of me and think that I'm going to be okay with it because I have a black yeah. I have black sisters, yeah. I have black mother, black aunts. I have black women that I love very dearly that are closer to me than some of my own family. You will right. not disrespect black women like that in front of me. But you also will not disrespect gay men because, baby, we're still fighting to have a space. Like, as a queer black man, I am still fighting to show up authentically without having to announce that I'm a queer black man so that you don't ha say anything that is discriminatory, anything that is going to hurt me or anything that can cause anyone else to feel some mm -hmm. way they want to hurt me in the space that I'm in. Baby, we're going to, it's so hard to show up without making sure you know what exits are in a place. You're looking for exits to make sure that you can get out and catch something, jump off, that you are constantly looking around the room to see who maybe has some type of other motive behind what they are doing and saying because queer black man is in the room. You know what I'm saying? And even just the the stereotypes of queer black men that exist and trying to fight that, again, just to show up authentically. Like, I think when people say gay is in, you're talking about gay from a white lifestyle standpoint. Okay. White okay. gay is in, they get whatever they want. They cry, they say they're oppressed, the next thing you know, they're promoted. They are getting a check, they're getting a TikTok, they're getting something because, oh my God, I'm oppressed and I'm gay. Yep, I said it. I dragged y'all. You can come for me. <laughs> yep, I dragged y'all. <laughs> Don't care. And I will stand by what I said because I have seen it happen too much in my own life. And then you get a Black queer man that shows up and you have to, it's just it's just like Black people and white people in general. We have to work twice as hard to be half as good, to be half accepted, to be half authentic in who we are to show up because you will not allow us to be 100% of everything that we are. Mm -hmm. Amen. To the whole word. To the whole word. I'm with you. Folks, any parting thoughts before we go? Because I think that's a perfect spot to land on. Yeah, Petty is. Teddy is always giving his. I was like, he always ends this on a mountaintop. Okay. Thank you. I'm telling you. Say the whole word. You know, I just try to bring it. I just try to bring it home at the end. You know, so that they leave with. We need that. They leave with a charge. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that is your charge. <laughs> Stop oh. trying to cry and be oppressed, baby. We are sick of it. Stop Nobody wants trying to, hear to be it. oppressed. <laughs> and you know what? Okay, that's my final. Okay, look, okay see, look, you look, look at you. You took us around the mountain. That that whole thing about it being in. I was recently at a friend's house, AKA my plug. And there was a person there who identifies as non-binary. And in the course of conversation, this person says to me that they are getting on testosterone so that they can confuse people. And so that people will not be sure what their gender is and so on and so forth. And at first I took it as a, oh, that was just a flipping comment. They didn't really mean that. But this person kept elaborating. And I was thoroughly confused to the point that I even asked um, my plug about it after they left. Like, is this like, is this person for real? Is this like, are they just this attention seeking? Did they have a bad childhood? Did they not get enough hugs and enough love? Like, what did my experience in here that like, this is what's going on. I think that there is this thing in the white cisgender community where they're hearing so much about oppression 
and being told so much that they're the oppressors and that that's all they are. Even, you know, folks within Kevin and I's PhD program, you know, the best a white person can hope to be is a racist, anti-racist. That, I mean, that's not our view, but that's what we've heard people say. Oh, really? Okay. That's so heard, yes. that's maybe, the best they could be? Yes. <laughs> so you got the same look on your face that we did. <laughs> yeah, the same, yeah. like... Okay. But if this is the message that cisgender white people are getting, uh-huh. that's why it's appearing to people that it's becoming popular because you have these folks that are reacting and saying, I don't want to be the oppressor. Let me be oppressed. Let me find okay. some way to participate in the oppression. Mm, I like that. I like that perspective because it makes, uh, it rationalizes uh, a nice group of behaviors that's like "Mm, that makes sense that's a major logic why they would do something like that you know and maybe that's the need for the correction among us in the dei community like quit putting them out and telling them that they're the oppressor let them know that they are beneficiaries from a system that was designed that they had nothing to do with because none of us signed up for our colors i say that all the time i don't want to be faulted for being black i don't want to fault them for being white they didn't say let me be white you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what the training is. That's not what the learning is. No. So we shouldn't be faulted I, for that. I agree I with I think you. we need to fix that in that training. Like, mm-hmm. we need to go back and figure out where we miscommunicated that. Because that's mm-hmm. not... Yeah. Always trying to make somebody be at fault. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just have to move, pick up and move forward as a group and learn. It doesn't need to be somebody back holding, right. uh, you know, holding the weight of everything. Like, that's not how we move forward. I think that's very interesting, though, Donnie, that you bring up that point, because I and I and I say this lightly. But baby, that's mental illness. (laughs) Okay, like I said, thank you for coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Because just just why? Like, why would you do like, why would you want to do that? Why would you invite that type of pain? and oppression into your life like you're inviting this into your life now at this point by making a conscious decision just to confuse people not because that's who you feel like you really are but because you know for shits and giggles no you you might want to go see a therapist you you might want to talk to somebody i feel like that's that's not normal and no (laughs) And for that reason hopefully her therapist will not allow her to be on t please please because no like I just I can't imagine I can't imagine hearing somebody say that and go, do you know what it's like for people that are actually trans that are Mm -hmm. transitioning, that they feel like they are not in the right skin, in the right body? Do you understand mentally how they feel, not just in their body, but how they feel upstairs? Right. Like you don't even take that in consideration. That's why I said it's mental illness, baby, because you have the problem now, because now you're inviting something like this into your life that you don't have to without taking in consideration the damage right. to people that are really living this life that really feel like they are not in the right body. You are now damaging a community that is still fighting to be equal in people's eyes, not even just on paper, but just in, and when you see me to treat me as a human being. And now you are adding further to the discrimination, to the oppression, to the pain, to the, the, the derogatory comments, because, oh, I just Making a mockery to... of it, like, that's so disrespectful. It's very disrespectful. So disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Very. 
point blank period very disrespectful it be yeah, it be your I, own i tell you be your own and try to bring you down okay and listen trans community i need you to go ahead and gather those people that want to do those type of games right i support you if this is this, this is the lifestyle you really feel like that you should like this is who you are i won't even say lifestyle but this is the person you feel like you truly are i support mm -hmm. you Baby, drag yeah. the people in your community who do not share that same vision that are just trying to do it for shits and giggles because it's cool right now. Because that's not what's up. Because people are dying. Trans people are getting yes. Cheap. People are dying. It's unacceptable. Even by our healthcare systems, they don't want to treat them properly. They want to give them their hormones or whatever it is. Like you are, like you don't understand the implications of behavior like that. It goes beyond just you. Yep. A very necessary dragging. I'm very necessary. We have and to govern our tribes. Do it have to. I want to see it. <laughs> govern our tribes. I like that, Shay. We Good. need to get yes. govern our tribes. Okay. Same way and we yes. talk about our, the black community, and we and we focus in on certain things and hone in because that's the community that, as Petty was saying earlier, we represent more than just ourselves, and that becomes a weight. The only way we can correct it is start holding people who don't represent us properly accountable. We can keep being passive, and then we just gonna keep staying in the past. We yeah. must. We gotta speak up. We gotta and when govern you drag our pride. Them, Make sure you let me know you're dragging them because that's my other toxic trait. I like to watch drama. Like I kind of I don't want to be in it, but I do want to see it. So that's why I said right. do it publicly so I can look at it. My <laughs> name is Bennett okay. and I ain't in it, but I got some binoculars and I'm watching. Like we're yes. okay. Listen, I'm that okay. person. I'm that old lady looking through the blinds. That's me. Ooh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm not well, turning on true. the light and I'm not pulling it all the way up and I'm not walking outside. I'm just gonna peek. Oh shit. And if yeah. you knock, I'm not in podcast. That's why we have a podcast because we want to see and we're going to talk about it. But over here, over here, <laughs> you hear me because I, I do not want to be in the mess. Leave me out of it. <laughs> and this Amen. has been another episode of Ratchet 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 Night, y'all.